0: Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Joelle. Today, we are joined by Kirsten Franklin of Akavit Theatre. Since its beginning, Akavit has been busy commissioning translations of contemporary Nordic works, staging readings of Nordic plays, and launching fully staged productions. Akavit Theatre embraces inclusivity and diversity, and as an itinerant theatre can be found at locations all over the city. Welcome, Kirsten. How are you
1: today? I'm great. Thank you for having me.
2: Well, we're so glad you're here. Why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and your background? Ah,
1: yes. Well, um, I was born and raised in Denver, Colorado, um, by the mountains, Uh, and I've kind of lived all over since then. Um, I've lived in Minnesota, and Kentucky, and New York, and Florida, done a couple stints abroad before I landed in Chicago almost nine years ago.
0: And do you prefer Chicago out of? all of those other locations or is there one that you would want to go back to
1: wow that's a great question i love chicago i think it has like a little bit of everything so it's yeah it's it's a city that has a little bit of all of those places that i stated. except it doesn't have the mountains i was gonna say it does <laughs> no not mountains. have the mountains
2: the water makes
1: up for it in a way i think here. yeah the water is great we didn't didn't have a lot of water in in Denver so (laughs) no
2: it's like hey look there's a reservoir that's our lake
0: cool right Right, yeah I mean mean, when you know when like you go up to Madison and that becomes really hilly like you know you're (laughs) from (laughs) from a flat area yeah exactly
1: you're like wow look at the hills (laughs) (laughs) an incline when I walk
2: and how did you get started in the world of theater
1: uh I started doing theater when I was uh, in middle school, I believe, was the first production that I uh, started. I did a production of M.A.S.H. There was like a stage play <laughs> <laughs> of M.A.S.H. <laughs> uh, I didn't play any of like the staple like M.A.S.H. characters. I played like uh, I was like in a troupe of performers that were coming through. And so I played like this ditzy like uh, singer that came through to perform for the camp. Okay. <laughs> an interesting yeah, production. It was weird. Okay. And how old were you? Like? I was probably 12 maybe. Okay. Mhm. Yeah, that was my my in. Yeah. <laughs> the, did you ever like watch MASH on TV? I think I watched like two episodes before um I performed in that show. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't really my thing.
0: Yeah. And when was Akavit Theater founded?
1: Aquavit, uh was founded in 2009 and it um, our founders, Chad Eric Bergman and Bergen uh, Anderson, knew each other from Swedish camp and uh, they both had a love of theater and applied for this grant with the Swedish bank and were able to get it. So it kind of all started from there. What is Swedish camp? <laughs> so up in Bemidji, Minnesota, there's... um. A place where you can go to language camps and um, just kind of spend a week there and learn a language while you're, um, I don't know, camping or whatever. And they have different languages there. My sister, actually, my sister Erica went to the Norwegian version up Mm. there. Um, but there is a Swedish one as well, and I don't know there. I don't know what else there is, but there's a lot of different languages you can learn up there. Very cool, yeah.
2: And have you been involved with the company since its start as well? Or?
1: I came in in 2010. I was cast in the very first full production that Akvavit did called "Red and Green," which was a play that it's from Denmark, but it took place in Nepal, of all.
0: You're currently renting you know, space from the chamber in our old office building at 5153 North Clark. But what drew you to the Andersonville neighborhood?
1: Well, it it just seemed fitting for us being a Nordic company to be in a Nordic neighborhood. So it's always been kind of a goal of ours to kind of settle down in Andersonville.
2: And can you tell us a little bit about the Akavita Ensemble? How many are involved in the company?
1: we have seven full-time uh, company members and i believe 10 associate company members as well and i may be counting that wrong but um we've we've invited a few more in recently um and then we have a couple uh a couple new interns so there's a there's a lot of people that are cycling in which is exciting um and we work with a lot of outside artists as well. Um, so we have a lot of friends of Aquavit as well mm-hmm. that have worked with us over and over again.
0: And last year, Aquavit performed in various locations around Andersonville, including the Andersonville Galleria and the Swedish American Museum Storefront at 5217 North Clark. Are there any other businesses you would like to pop in to do performances at?
1: Oh my gosh, that's sort of like my dream. I love doing these like site-specific performances that are just unexpected. And um, that's something that I, I would like to uh, continue to do. That show is commissioned um, by us um, and written by another company based out of Denmark um, called Drama Fronten. And uh, they do these kind of performances every year in Denmark. And they actually uh, get writers from all five of the Nordic countries to write on a specific topic. And then they find different locations for them to perform uh, these shows. And so that it, the concept came from, from them. And so we commissioned them to write plays for, for Andersonville. Um, and we hope to do some more of that in the future with them, so.
2: And why do you think immersive theater like that is so important, not only for the audience, but also for your performers?
1: There's nothing like being in a room where you can actually see every facial gesture of the actor in front of you. You can really feel like you can connect. And the actor might even, you know, interact with you. Um, And it makes it feel personal. It makes it feel real. It feels like this isn't, um, you're not just some fly on the wall. You're actually there being a part of it. And um, at first, I... I bring my students, I'm a professor of theater and I bring my students sometimes um, to see some of these shows and oftentimes they've never even been to a show. And so I love watching them because they at first feel really kind of like out of place or they feel uncomfortable in that space so close to the actors, but it's so fun to watch them transform um, as time goes on throughout the, the performance, they engage and really lean in and then by the end you can tell that they're invested really a part of the the show and that's something that like a big theater can't provide you can't feel like you're actually a part of it so being being right there up close is a pretty special thing well you have your your second annual benefit
0: coming up but before we talk about that are there any productions that you're currently working on
1: Uh, We will be announcing our season at our benefit, but I can say that we will um, be doing um, a world premiere uh, reading in September from one of our favorite playwrights from Denmark, and she will be coming over to not only work on that um, reading, but she will also be directing it. So that's pretty exciting. And then we're we're going to do a um back to back performance out of that's coming from Norway, um I I will not announce now what those shows are but um uh, we will have two productions that will kind of will be a two it will be a two hander night they're two short plays both from Den- or both from Norway.
0: So why don't you tell us a little bit more about
1: the benefit then? Yeah, so um, on June twenty fourth we have our second annual. Uh, benefit concert called A Little Night of Nordic Music. Um, The name derives from uh, Ingmar Bergman's uh, movie Smiles for a Summer Night, which was made into a musical by Stephen Sondheim um, many years later. Um, And so that's the connection to to Sweden. Um, And so there will be some songs sung from A Little Night Music, but also songs from Chess, Songs from another um Abba musical uh that's called Christina, and then we'll also have some songs um uh Abba songs, some other um contemporary Nordic artists um that you may not have heard of, but will um maybe you have like first aid kit um yeah I uh, just a plethora of like random you know Nordic music. Some that you may not even known was Nordic. <laughs> so it's yeah. pretty fun.
0: Isn't it like of monsters and men? They're Nordic. Or- uh,
1: I think they are. I think they're from Iceland. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, um, we don't, I don't think we have anything from them, but, oh, we have um, Bjork. We have a Bjork performance um, from uh, She Speaks in Tongues, which is a local band here um, led by Kate McCandless, so. And um, our headliner for the the night will be singing a song from chess, um, and that's Jared Howelton. He's from uh, the cast of Hamilton here in Chicago. so that's exciting.
0: Yeah and that's being held at the Swedish American Museum. Correct? That's and correct. you held your first benefit there as well. That's
1: correct. Yeah, the Swedish American Museum has have been such great partners for us um, since the inception of our company. They actually hosted our very first reading uh, back in 2010. And Trey Kroner is providing some of the food. What can um, guests expect to eat? That's a good question. I haven't gotten the menu yet, but I'm sure there will be lots of um, delicious salmon and fish options. And uh, they they usually Swedish meatballs are always in attendance and some lingonberries, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of cheese and goodies, lots of lots of good things. So, yeah. So,
2: Kirsten, can you walk us through a typical day for you? You're the artistic director, correct? What yeah. does that look like for Akavi? And then I know you said you're a professor of theater as well. So, how do those two worlds combine?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's um, my life is pretty hectic because um, I also have two children as well. So, <laughs> um, yeah, life does not stop really for me. And my job as an, a, a co artistic director um, is all volunteer based. So it's, it's basically whenever I can find time to do the things I need to do. Um, But it consists of a lot of emailing um, and connecting with people um, in the different parts of theater. I mean, there's so many different things that we have to coordinate in the theater world. Um, There's, you know, technical elements and then there's, you know, marketing and there's production elements and there's, you know, there's design and all of these things. So there's just a lot of people to kind of communicate with and that's uh, that's kind of the joy of um, theater to me is is the collaboration of a bunch of people coming together to create art. So So I'm
0: curious to know is there like a difference between kind of Nordic plays and you know Shakespearean plays or like Or American play? Like, what is there kind of
1: like a theme or a a message or a tonality to any of those? Thank you for asking that question. Yes, that is one of the things that we pride ourselves on. um, The most is the reason we do this is that there really is an aesthetic to the Nordic theater. Um, American theater kind of stopped in realism where you're seeing like plays that are that take place in one location and they're in like the, it's like the living room drama mm-hmm. kind of um plays but the the European countries kind of just took off after Brecht and kind of just um made things a little bit more uh crazy <laughs> I would say and they and things just aren't quite as linear as they would be um, the storylines um, might um, come and go. Our our first production, Red and Green, actually um, uh, had nine scenes, but they were jumbled. So, um, like the first scene was actually like the the ninth scene, and the second scene was like the fifth scene, and so it was just you know, and there was no instruction of that in the in the program. You just kind of had to figure it out for yourself as an audience member that it was out of order. Um, And there's something um, really wonderful about that because it makes the audience, if they get it, it makes them feel really smart. It Mm -hmm. makes them feel like, oh, I picked up those pieces and I figured it out. Um, So, yeah. And there's also, we at AquaVit, like, uh, really hone in on three different elements of the Nordic aesthetic. And I'm going to, like, probably forget all of them, but one (laughs) one is silence Um, The power of silence, Um, we are not afraid of being silent on stage. And that is something that makes an American audience very uncomfortable. Um, But there's something about that that we just um, we we think is so important to sit in silence and to think about what is being said between those silence, those silent moments, because we can say we say so much more, actually, when we are silent and so silence and then ambiguity being comfortable with not knowing what's next being comfortable with not knowing um how things piece together and just living in that space of ambiguity is something that's very common in all of the nordic plays and then there's uh the element of negative space Mm -hmm. So it's a, a very similar to um, silence in a way, but it's that idea of everything around an object is just as important as the object itself. It's the the idea that when you see um, a picture um, of an object, it's not just the object that's important, but it's everything that's surrounding it that makes the object important. Um, so in... Uh, in Sami culture, they have very bright hats um, and it's so that when they're walking through the snow, you can see the hat coming. Um, and it's just you're looking at a vast um, sea of whiteness, but you see that pop of hat and it's the, it's that negative space that is just as important as the object itself. And so those are um, the three elements that we see over and over in our um in our plays and those are the thing, the themes that we kind of hone in on when we're producing
0: and because you don't have a physical space how does you know set design work or costume design how do you go about kind of managing all of that without like one location
1: yeah um we it it can be difficult we try to pick a space that fits the play uh if we can or um uh, or we, if, if we can't, if we don't have the ability to do that, then, you know, we just make sure that we are designing the set for that specific space. And it's all, for us, it's all about getting the right people and, um, making sure that our designers are working together. And, um, so it's, it's challenging cause we don't have, like, we don't always have the space in mind when we select a play, um, or we can't, you know, always do that. But once we know where we, what we have, we're, you know, we work with the elements that we have and we, you know, get the blueprint and figure out, you know, how to design the set. And we usually have to do it off, you know, in a, in somebody's garage somewhere or in a a scene shop somewhere and then transport it. And it does make it more difficult, but, um, you know, that we've been doing it for 10 years almost. So, yeah.
2: And our colleague David specifically wrote this question for you. Do you have any favorite folk tales you would like to see turned into a production in the future? <laughs>
1: that is a great question. I actually reached out to a six, so the one of the playwrights from uh, that we are uh, bringing uh, this season. Um, I met when I was in Norway uh, last summer, or actually last October, and uh, she specializes specializes in. Um, fairy tales and like trans, uh, translating these fairy tales into like feminist themes. And uh, so I'm just uh, I'm just thrilled by the idea of that. And I wanted to commission a work from her. And so we're kind of actually in the process of that. Um, and I've given her one of the tales that I grew up with, which is an, a Norwegian um, tale of uh, the three billy goats Gruff. And I have no idea what she's going to do with that to make it feminist, but it's kind of exciting <laughs> to think about.
2: So, Akavit was one of our gate beneficiaries this year at Midsummerfest. And I know you were working during the festival. Do you have any favorite highlights? Were you able to catch any of ABBA's salute?
1: Oh, man. (laughs) I I was sitting there wishing I could go like dance and party with all of (laughs) all the music, the great music that we heard coming. Um, No, we weren't there the day that Ava sang, but I wish I wish we had been. That would have been that would have been super fun. Um, But yeah, uh, I sat with my friend Kelsey, um, who's worked with us several times. And it was just it was so fun watching people come and go. And um, you know, we talked talking with people and they didn't realize that um, you know, local uh nonprofits are going to be benefiting from their donation. So um and as soon as I said that they seemed to be very willing to open their pocketbooks to us, which was we were like, well, you're helping us <laughs> and they're like, Oh, we're helping you directly and I was like, Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so that was nice. Um, you know, we uh we we're pretty friendly and got hit on a few times and you know, There were some interesting moments, but um, all in all, it was a really fun night. Yeah, that's
0: good. And we're really Mm -hmm. grateful that you were able to join us in that way. And it's such a great opportunity for nonprofits to come and kind of be a part of a local festival and also kind of benefit from it. So, yes, thank
1: you so much for that
0: opportunity. Well, now we've reached the point in our show where we ask our guests which Andersonville business they would like to trade places with for a day. Ooh.
1: Hmm. i always
0: yeah. let people pick more than one
2: <laughs> maybe i'm too lenient
1: <laughs> oh i love that um hmm, yeah who would i pick um probably my one of my top choices would probably be candyality because i mean who doesn't love candy um what would you get there what, um, would, what would be like i was like you're <laughs> gonna attempt to do the
0: kenny personality sure. <laughs> Let's do it. no i have no idea no but um yeah, well, if you were there and no one was looking, what would <laughs> <laughs> and you were snacking on the job,
1: what would you be snacking on? Definitely all the gummies. I have like an obsession, I think, with anything of like that's gummy. I just like the texture of gummy. So, you know, probably dig into all the Swedish fish and the, you know, peach peach rings or whatever. Are you <laughs> whatever a fan of anything sour? I love everything sour. Okay. Yes, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. I'm more of a sour person than than sweet, actually. Yeah.
0: <laughs> she just diagnosed herself. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. forget, yeah. I was gonna say I'm
2: trying to remember what Teresa said that meant, but I think it means you're energetic and open to
1: oh, others. Yeah, yeah something mm-hmm. like something that. like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But if I could pick one other place, I would probably pick George's ice cream too. Because I mean, <laughs> 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 if I'm going, I, I, obviously I have a sweet tooth. Um, but man, yeah, the the pretzel cone. <laughs> I haven't had that before. Oh my gosh, with the, the
0: salty with the sweet. It, yeah, really good. it's like an
1: obsession of mine because I always have to balance sweet mm-hmm. with salty and. The the fact that they have this, like, pretzel – who carries a pretzel cone? Like, no one. And it's, like, super crunchy, and it doesn't sog. You know, it doesn't get soggy at the end. It's so good. That must be why, like, pickles
0: and ice cream are, like, a pregnancy favorite. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
2: (laughs) Um, I was going to say, someone recently picked George's, too, and they said it was because – every day you'd go to work and people would be happy to see you. <laughs> that's
1: right. That's yeah, that's a really good. That's sort of
0: why when I was younger like people were always like, you know, what did you want to be when you grew up? And maybe you can answer this. And um and when I was younger I just wanted to be a UPS driver. <laughs> <laughs> because I would just deliver packages to people, and they'd be like so happy to see me. Yeah. Like, I'm here with your
1: package. Yes, that's such a great yeah, to wear like a
0: brown great. uniform. <laughs> but so you get to drive a truck. I, I mean, get that's to drive exciting. a truck. Yeah. <laughs> so, did you want to be?
1: Oh gosh, think different than what you I, are? I did want to be a a conductor of an orchestra when I was a kid. My parents took me to the symphony. And we got the cheap seats, which were actually behind the orchestra. And so all I could see was the conductor, but I would like stand up and conduct with the, with the conductor. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know why, it just looks so powerful and fun to be in front of like all those instruments. I, I kind of failed at music school, so that that dream died. <laughs> Sadly. I lasted I lasted a week at playing trumpet in fifth grade oh yeah yeah it's, it's not easy Mm-mm. you know Instra- yeah I, I tried to play the flute and yeah it was I think it was I didn't even last like half a year so right it's hard how, stuff. how about you I, I, I was gonna
2: say am I gonna ask I uh played.
1: <laughs> <laughs> see that's a hard
2: thing I was a weird kid where I just didn't land on ever like one specific thing I was in ballet so of course you're like oh I want to mm-hmm. be a dancer or like I didn't get into theater until high school But that was probably because of dance in a way, too. But um, so I don't know. I didn't have any cool like UPS (laughs) driver. That's very cool. Very cool. Um, But instrument wise, I played piano for 10 years, probably starting in, I want to say end of elementary school or maybe second grade. That's like early elementary school. (laughs) Um, And then I did the French horn for two years, sixth and seventh. Also, oh. not an easy instrument. No. But I was like, and I'm done.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's I'm a done. A lot of wind.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kirsten, for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about Akavit Theater, please visit chicagonordic.org. Show notes on today's episode can be found at andersonville.org.
2: Always Andersonville, the podcast, is produced by the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce. Find episodes streaming weekly on iTunes and Podbean with show notes available at andersonville.org. This episode is brought to you by the Swedish American Museum, currently enrolling Travel the World Summer Camp for ages 6 through 11. Come and explore the food, dance, folk arts, and cultural identities of a different country each day. Find out more information at swedishamericanmuseum.org.